position you as the person who can lead them from mess to success and also position you so they get to like get to know, like, and trust you. That's the purpose. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey listeners, I'm super, super excited. We are starting a new Facebook group and we are really just going to pull back the curtain and show you all kinds of ways that you can just constantly get ideas to execution, ideas to execution. So check out the link in the show notes and join the community. I can't wait to see you there. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day, and I am your host, Chris Ward. And today in the house, we have the Mr. Dan Janelle. Okay, Dan works with business owners who want to elevate their reputations and set themselves apart from their competition by writing a book. And as a book coach, development editor, ghostwriter, Dan shapes stories and strategies that can transform a career or business. Dan has written more than a dozen books that have been translated into six languages. His latest book is Write Your Book in a Flash. Well, that sounds like a plan. So also the host of Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, his own podcast, which I have had the thrill and the luxury of being on. So that was fantastic. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. I can't wait to share great ideas with your audience. Oh, they love great ideas. They're very appreciative. They're very kind with their reviews. They love great ideas. Okay. So Dan, what, like your first great idea, I guess, would be write a book. If you have a business, if you're an entrepreneur, write a book. Would that be your, your belief system on that one? It is, but people don't want to hear a belief system. They want to hear a story. So I'll tell okay. you a story about how I realized I needed to write a book. You know, okay. uh, so we're talking in the green room. My background was in high tech PR. I was responsible for introducing the, the, the introducing the CD-ROM to the entire world. I was on the PR team that launched America Online. I had incredible credentials. So what was my marketing? My marketing was going to conferences and speaking and teaching and being on panels. And Frankly, so was all of my other competitors. So at the end of my speech, people would come up to me and they'd say, we want you to do our PR. And I'd say, that's great. Uh, when do we start? And they said, well, why don't you send us a proposal first? And I said, okay. So I'd spend the next 10, 20, 30 hours of my life writing a proposal. Has that happened to you? Anyone listening here? Yeah. yeah. So you write a proposal, you send it off. And what do you hear? Crickets, absolute crickets. Why? because they went to all of my competitors, they asked them for proposals, they spent the same 10, 20 hours writing proposals, and the client says, well, we're not gonna do anything, or we'll have our secretary implement these things. They can't be that hard to do, and we'd all walk away with nothing. And I feel like, this can't go on this way. I have to have something that separates me from everyone else. Because like, let's face it, you know, we all had, we were all good people. We all were honorable people. We all did good things. We all had good credentials. Just like I'm sure many people in your audience are saying, yeah, I sell insurance or I'm a dentist or I'm a realtor and I'm really at the top of my game, but I have competitors. Um, So what do we do to stand out? So I thought, well, why don't I write a book? 
So I wrote a book called How to Publicize High-Tech Products and Services, and I self-published it, and I brought it to the next conference that I was at, and people came up to me afterwards after my speech, and uh, they said, we'd like you to do our PR. And I said, oh, do you want me to write a proposal? And they said, nah, you wrote the book. We know you know what you know. We want you to start right away. And that's when I realized that the book is what can separate you from every one of your competitors in your local market, whether you're a dentist or a lawyer or an info marketer on the internet. If you have a book, you stand out from everyone else. That's why you need a book. Yeah, you really do. And I think for me, it, it really was, you know, somebody said to me very wisely, being in business is not enough, right? So let's say you, you want to be on a podcast, you want to be doing something, you want to get your message out there, you want an opportunity to be in front of somebody else's audience. And so why? Oh, I'm really good at this. Well, you know, as my PR coach said to me once, being in business is not enough. Like, what do you got? What's new? And, and you kind of, you know, can take offense at first, like, no, no, I do this differently. But it's kind of like when you even watch, like, I don't know, a, a late night show or something with celebrity on it, they're only on it to pitch a movie. They're only on it because they've got something new. So having said that, you can also, you don't need a new book every year. You can get a lot of juice out of one book, but it really does give people a reason to stop and listen and an opportunity to engage with you. It That's really, been my experience anyhow. Yeah, it really does. It does set you apart, but you touched on something really interesting in your comment there that it lets people know how you work. One of my yeah. good friends is Alexandra Watkins. She's a naming specialist. She names companies, she names products. You've heard of the Baconator from Wendy's or it was Wendy's or, or Burger King. She created the Baconator. She creates companies and products like Spoon Me. It's a yogurt company in Utah, Spoon Me, get it? She yeah, has yeah. another product called Kiss My Face. It's a lip balm. You know, what is the benefit of a lip balm? You won't be able to kiss your face. You know, yeah. it's, it's on every supermarket that I go to. Amazing stuff. So she wrote a book that talks about her, her process for naming companies. And you can tell she doesn't name companies with, you know, crazy Latin or Greek names like AstraZeneca or, or Xylotron or Prosec or whatever. That's not her style. So she'd be wasting a lot of her time talking to drug companies or uh, people who said, well, we want, a, we want a name that's hard to pronounce and impossible to spell. That's not her. She uses what she calls the smile method. And I forget what the S stands for and the M and the I, but it's her way of working. And, you know, she repels the people who she doesn't want to work with and she attracts the people she does want to work with. So when you write a book, if you talk about your process, you're mm -hmm. very likely to attract the kind of people who are going to be your perfect clients and not waste time with people that you're just going to butt heads with. That's another reason to, have to write a book. That is a good point. And I do forget that. And then also people, when they've written the book and they reach out to me, they feel like they already know me because I have shared my insight, my process, and it really does have an impact. So it really is a, a fact. I, I really enjoyed the journey and I'm actually really eager to start my second book in the series. So let's talk about that. Where do they start? How do you write a book? Because I'll tell you, <laughs> there was a few moments. Now, I will do the next one very, very different. I was on my own. I learned all by myself. There was a few moments. I remember saying to Evan on my team, okay, Evan, if anything happens to me, you got to finish this book. Because I was sure it was never going to get done. And it reminded me of, do you remember on Sesame Street, Kermit the Frog was talking to this guy who was doing Kermit the Frog reporting. 
and he was talking to Guy Smiley, and he's playing the piano. And he's like, Mary had a little, Mary had a little, and he kept crying. I don't know the end to the song. And Kermit's trying to help him. And that's how I felt like when I was writing, going, I don't think I'm going to get this done, right? But I, I, I did my book. I made a thousand mistakes the first time. I will do it very differently. It's really, truly not hard to do. But I, of course, did it the hard way the first time. So let's save uh, our listeners, let's save you guys some pain points. So you're not crying over your keyboard like I was. What are some tips, Dan? Where do we start? Cool. I'm glad you asked that because when I work with my clients as a developmental editor and a book coach, that's exactly where we start. And I ask them four questions to really get them focused. And the first one is, what do you want the book to do for you? Okay. So this is really Stephen Covey, you know, begin with the end in mind. So if you want more coaching clients, if you want more prospects, if you want people to, people write the books and they don't know what they want the book to do. Um, And then you have to figure out who your ideal client is and what their key key pain is that you're solving. Because frankly, the only reason anyone will read a book is to solve their problems. So they don't want to read wonderful stories about how you saved the world. They want to read about how you uh, helped people just like them overcome their problems. So I like to say, you know, who is your ideal client? Because, you know, sometimes I had one client who said, you know, my ideal clients, so there are really three ideal clients. And that's what most people say. I have a couple of ideal clients. And one, she was a, a business coach for women. And she said, I really like working with women who are just graduating from college because they need so much help. They, they know nothing about the world and they need so much help and I love helping them. The next group that she likes to work with were pink collar workers because those women needed help with negotiating skills and confidence and whatever. And I said, great, who else do you like to work with? And she said, women in the C-suite who want to get to the boardroom. I figured, oh, that's really great. So let me ask you another question. Who, so the first question of course was, who do you like to work with? The second question is, who has the money to pay you? And she said, oh, very clearly, it's the women in the C-suite. I said, okay, great. Then why don't you work with the women in the C-suite and charge them what you charge them and then do pro bono work for the other ones? Because they don't have the money to pay you or the confidence to pay you or see the need for coaching, whereas the C-suite women do. So what does this mean for the people listening? Very clearly, you have people and prospects who you love to work with. You have probably have some clients that you wish you never signed. <laughs> Write the book for the people you want to work with and also using the skill set that you want to work with. I mean, I burnt out of a lot of <laughs> ideas and a lot of, uh, and I'm sure you have as well. Like you probably don't go into people's homes and reorganize their closets anymore if you did. You're yeah. working on a much higher level now. So you want to repel the people who want you to come in and remodel their garage, so to speak. Uh, so think about the skills that you want to work with, that you have fun with, with the people you have fun with who can afford to pay you. That's your avatar. You know, okay, that's a really good point. Are. I want to unpack that for a second because it's so easy and tempting to say, okay, this is my area of expertise. And so then you're writing from your position of, I just want to write and show people kind of like a school essay. I want to show you what I know. But we have to remember, it's it's not about you. We want the right person to read the right story, the right book, the right answer. So this sounds as you roll it out, it makes so much sense. But I bet you, boy, oh boy, a lot of people overlook it. I mean, I was really lucky because mine was based on experience with clients and I needed to serve more and more people. So it morphed into a book so that I could have a bigger impact. But to jump up and say, I want to write a book and, and you know whatever, I'm a marketing coach. 
you can't just say, okay, here's the six biggest mistakes in marketing. You have to say, okay, who do I want to read this as a pre-qualifier to engage them and then warm them up as a really solid lead. And also the same then to get on podcasts, you want to be talking about this book for a good year or two. So you want the right people listening to that, right? Okay, that's very simple, but hugely profound, Dan. That makes, that's a really important point. Very cool, yes. And then show the people how they will be transformed. What do you want them to be and feel after they've read your book? Uh, so that, that helps with your marketing copy as well. It also helps you picture who they are. I mean, one of my clients right now is writing a communications book for programmers who have trouble you know, communicating with people and getting their points across. So I said, who is your ideal client? And I gave him these kinds of prompts and he came back with Raj from the Big Bang Theory. You know, the, the person who couldn't speak to women unless he was drunk. And, you know, bingo, he had his avatar, his character right there. So he printed out the picture, put it next to his monitor. He knew immediately who he was writing for. And that will help you because you're writing for that one person. So yeah. I think those ideas will help you get really focused on who that person is, what problems they have, and the skill sets and the answers that you can bring that will help them. So the book will position you as the person who can lead them from mess to success and also position you so they get to like, get to know, like, and trust you. That's the purpose of the book. And that's, you know, again, we can't drive that home enough because it's really easy to get down a rabbit hole and you start to explain one thing. And the problem is, you know, you have to remember you're not speaking to your peers. And we often do that when we're writing copy or educating somebody, because then you feel like, oh, I have to explain this and that, and this and that. And that's, you know, we, we need to trim it down really and make it digestible and an easy read, which I will tell you, writing an easy read book is not easy, but <laughs> I learned that the hard way. I, when, I wrote, when I wrote my book the first time, what happened is my background as a marketer, I was writing it in a marketing tone. And a marketing tone is a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more in your face of short, powerful messages of this is your problem. And what was happening is my book is div divided into sections, a struggle, if you're a struggler or a successful person, right? How you run your business team building and it has nothing to do with money. A successful person, you know, has freedom, the business will run by itself, all kinds of things. And a struggler is always trying to catch up. And you know what, if you're not in the business, it's just not moving. Right. So loose definition, a little bit more detailed in the book and it's told with stories and stuff like that. What was happening is I put all the strugglers chapters up instead of dividing each chapter into two, I put all the struggler stuff up front and then the successful person at the end. And I just thought like, oh, I'll get my mom to read it and a few close friends just to see what they think. And it was really helpful and interesting on a couple levels because one, um, they came back and nicely told me it was painful. It was just too many problems up front with not enough solution. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, here's all the problems, but I, I, I'm so beat up, I won't get to the solution, which is halfway through the book. And a defense of me for a split second wanted to say, well, you don't understand. You're not my ideal client. And I just wrote a whole gosh darn book. So find something positive to say, but I sucked it up really quickly. And I could hear myself because I was about to say that to, to these people saying, well, you don't understand. You're not my ideal client. And I thought, huh, if you don't understand and I have to explain it, 
then that's a problem, right? Any, anybody should be able to read your book. If you write a book well, unless it's some highly academic, specific, niche, scientific thing, you write a book well, that's the exciting part of a book is it will bring you into a land that you didn't, you know, I read a book once, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I thought when you climbed uh, Mount Everest, I thought it was a weekend thing. I thought it was like Friday <laughs> to Sunday. I knew it was a hateful. I knew you could die. I knew all these things, but somebody gave me this book and I was like, what? This takes months and it was so much more involved than I understood. I was like, well, I learned something here. Not that it was ever going to be something I needed to know. But for me, that was really huge. It's like, oh, okay. So they don't get it. So back to the drawing board, I repurposed it and did it all. So that's really something I think everyone should know is you just really want it to be inviting and easy and anyone should be able to digest it. That's my opinion. Exactly. You know, no one wants to read the entire encyclopedia about their topic. Uh, they want to get on a plane in Montreal and finish it by the time they get off the plane in Vancouver. So books today are much shorter than ever before because people yeah. have shorter attention spans, which frankly, as a as a business owner, makes it a lot easier for you to write a book. We're talking about a book that is maybe 20,000 to 25,000 words. It's about 120, 125, 140 pages or so. So if you break it down into 10 chapters, I love doing that because the math is a lot easier if you divide by 10. We're talking about 2,000 words per chapter or 2,500 words per chapter. You can write that easily. It's like a blog post. Blog posts are about 250 or 500 words. So you sit down, you write a couple of blog, you know, I'm gonna make it too easy, but, uh, if you use that kind of analogy, you can write a thousand words a day, you'll have a book done in 20 days. It could be that simple if you're really focused different. and if you know what your client's problems have and what you want to solve, then you're just knocking off those problems and writing the chapters that solve those problems. And I would add, Dan, one of the things I'm so glad that I didn't do is I didn't take any shortcuts and it was really hard when I was writing the book when I said okay like I had people read it the first time to find glaring typos and stuff like totally junk right and also because I wanted feedback because when I did pay for an accomplished editor to read it she will edit the grammar she's not going to tell you that your book is painful to read and that it's you know she's not that's not her job she's not going to give you an opinion on it but it was, you know, it was hard when you're like, okay, I didn't cheap out on the cover. I didn't cheap out on the editor. And then you're spending this money. And you're like, oh my gosh, I hope one person reads it and spending all this money. But when it goes out, I stand very proudly now holding my book because people always comment on the cover and, and, and the little sketches inside. They love the pictures. And of course, you know, the, the editing was done spectacular. You, I mean, you don't want these things going out and then there's mistakes and typos and bad, you know, because listen, here's what I'll tell you. Even if you thought you could edit your own book, which I guarantee you, you can't. But even when I was reading my book, what happens is you have to reread your book so many times that you think, huh, did I say that in chapter two and four? Or did I read that the last time I read my book? right? So then you get confused. You don't know where it begins and ends. So I would tell you, uh, it, it, everyone out there is you don't want to be cheap with it either, because it, it really pays its, when you get it out there, you really want it to be an accomplished, put together book. You want it to look like a book. You don't want it to look like a homemade thing that you and your kids worked on in the kitchen. 
Exactly. You, you bring up, uh, you use the word editor, and I want to just expand on that and unpack yeah. that to you a little bit. There are three kinds of editors. There's the developmental editor, there's the copy editor, and there's the proofreader. And the best way I can explain that is like, imagine you're in the green room of a television uh, studio about to go on a uh, on, a, on an interview show. And I'm sure many people have not done that, but you've seen movies where people are sitting in the makeup chair and someone comes along and puts down the foundation and makes sure that there are no wrinkles and no gray hairs and all that good stuff. You know, that's the copy editor. They're making sure that your book looks good, has no obvious errors and such. And then a minute or two before you're about to go on, someone else comes along and wipes off the little perspiration around your, your forehead and all that. That's the proofreader. They're making sure that all the periods are in the right place and there you have curly quotes throughout and not straight quotes and all that stuff. But as you're walking to the cameras or walking to the set and you're looking at the host and you say to yourself, what the hell am I gonna say? That's where the developmental editor comes in. That's what I do. And, and uh, you brought up a couple of good points. You know, did I tell that story three times? I actually had a client who told the same story three times in three different chapters, and he didn't realize it. Mm. That same client would tell a story, and he'd say, this story shows uh, honor. Well, it didn't show honor. It showed employee engagement. It's like, good story, wrong section. Let's just move right. it to the right chapter. So I work with clients like that to make sure that the points they want to make are actually making because if you can't see the forest for the trees, you know, Willie Jolly has a, has a saying that goes like, if you're in the picture, you can't see the frame. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you need someone to see the big picture. And I'm doing that now with one of my clients who's basically, he's written two books in one and we have to take off everything that is not speaking out to his ideal client that will get him the ideal customers. But he had to get to that point. He had to excise all those stories from himself because he was sort of like, I want to write a memoir, uh, but I also want to help these other people. Well, okay, you can either do one or both, but you can't put them into the same thing. This is not Reese's peanut butter cups. You know, the chocolate and the peanut butter work in candy. They, two ideas do not work. <laughs> two conflicting ideas do not work in the same book. So that's what a developmental editor does. You know, they have your back. They make sure the book is as, as good as you can possibly make it. Yeah, and it really is quite a powerful tool uh, and it doesn't need to be such a hard journey. And I did have, I didn't have a de developmental editor, which I, you know, uh, which would have been helpful. I, I didn't know you back then, that would have been helpful. And I did have, I don't know if the other editor laying out the book, how it's laid out and stuff. So I did have that. Again, I didn't take it. What, but you know what? I will tell you, Dan, it, somebody working with you, it would have been phenomenal because when I looked at the sky and said, okay, I need an editor. I didn't even know what that's called. Is it a book editor? Do I look under the yellow pages, which don't exist anymore? Like I didn't even, where do we find these editors? You don't just want to put something up on Facebook. I'm looking for an editor. How do I know when this is a good editor? I did have to go through a couple and before I figured out what I was, what qualifies somebody as a good editor. So it really is helpful to have someone like you with a roadmap because I didn't even know you know, I didn't even know what I was looking for. I didn't know. It's like walking into a furniture store and, and they renamed everything. I didn't know if I was looking for is a chair, a chair, or am I looking for a table or bed? I don't know what, what I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So it really would have made the process a heck of a lot uh, smoother and easier and quicker had I had somebody guiding me. So that is a, a really good point. All right. We've got a minute or two left. What's some, you know, something you just don't want to leave here without telling everyone. Well, uh, Getting back to the idea of developmental editing, I do work with a lot of people who've actually written first drafts and don't know where to go, or they've started the book and they don't know where to take it. And that's where a developmental editor like me can come in and say, okay, 
this works, this doesn't work, and here's how to fix it. And then you have a partner who can show you what to do. In fact, it's almost like taking a writing course. Some of my testimonials are like, I felt like I got a whole writing course from learning how to write a book. But the, the key message I want to leave people with is that your stories will make your book different. Everyone who comes to me says, why should I write a book? Because there's so many other books about sales or leadership or management or this or that or the other thing. What will make my book different? Well, it's you. You yeah. make your book different, your stories, your insights, your perspective. That's what makes the book different. So you should definitely write a book, even if there are thousands of other books on the market, because frankly, your clients are not going to see those books. They're going to see the book that you put into their hands, which is your book that shows them that they get to know, like, and trust you and see you as the leader who can take them from mess to success. So they want to hire you. Yeah. And I just want to add to that, Dan, that's a really good point because I know for me, I had somebody a couple of times I said, I should write this book. And I was thinking some reason, I don't know why I thought, well, 10 years from now, when I have, I don't know this, this accomplishment or, or made this certain amount of money. I don't know. I thought there had to be some knighting of me, like somebody put a sword on my head and then bestow that it's time. I don't know what, and I was like, well, why could I write a book now? Like what's happening now? Right. So I didn't understand that. And you're right. When somebody says, well, why should I write a book? Like, let's say you're in finance and there's all these finance books. Well, you know, that would be the same as saying, well, why should I be in that career? There's so many other people in that career you bring to that career, obviously a different skill set and a different approach and people are working with you. So the same thing is they are going to want to hear your perspective and they will read that book. So it, it, it can be intimidating. It, it took a little mind shift for me in the beginning, but I'll tell you, it's like potato chips. You can't stop at one. I'm like, I got to get the second book out because I want it to be a three-part series. So now it means I got to get the second book out so I can get the third book out. That's just one series. Now I've got another series. So uh, it is well worth it. It is fun and make your path a lot easier and find, uh, you know, check out Dan and, and reach out to him. Dan, where can they find you? Where's the best place to locate you? Well, the name of my book is Write Your Book in a Flash. So the website is writeyourbookinaflash.com. Uh, that's where you can find me, writeyourbookinaflash.com, where I have lots of free tools and things you can download and learn more about how to write your book. Fabulous, Dan. As always, it's a pleasure dealing with you. Thank you so much. And everyone else, we'll see you on the next episode. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to free gift from Chris.com. That's free gift G-I-F-T from Chris K-R-I-S.com. We are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it.